Welcome to the number one podcast covering Michigan State basketball. The Final Four is not in the schedule. Join Rod and me, Eric, as we dive deep into the Spartans to get you prepared for every game. Subscribe today for in-depth recruiting updates and fantastic interviews with today's important college basketball personalities like Robbie Hummel. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I have listened to your guys' podcasts numerous times on drives throughout any Midwestern Big Ten city, so I, I am big fans of your guys' work. Jay Billis. And next time, hey, if anybody in Michigan wants a December tea time, call me. You wimps won't show up, but I'll I'll be there. I'll be there and play in the cold. And Izzo will be in front of the fire with hot chocolate. Coaches Thomas Kelly. Oh, no problem. Glad to be back, man. Glad to be back. Mike Garland. You just can't sit there and trade twos for threes. You can't do it. You're gonna lose. Coming down the stretch, you're gonna lose. And more. You won't find better coverage of Spartan Hoops than you will get here. For both the casual and hardcore fan, come along as we take you for a green and white ride. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod here to talk about MSU's disappointing 78-71 loss to the Iowa Hawkeyes to end their three-game winning streak. Before we begin, a big thank you to Rafik David, who had the very good idea of getting listeners on the show, or at least involved more, and so we thought about this, come up with an idea to have for you, the listeners, to send in your questions that you'd like us to answer, so we'll kind of see how many we get and how to incorporate it into the show, but submit questions, send them via email to eric at tffinots.com as either text, or you can also send a voice memo. Uh, so keep the questions, please, short and concise. Also, my wife wanted me to relay the message from the woman who sat in front of us at Chrysler. She sat down before the game and was talking to her friend saying that she just enjoys basketball, but, you know, she really can't wait for the spring football game. <laughs> so I think she wanted me to make sure I pass along that story, which I think kind of tells all you need about Michigan. Uh, finally, you know, one of the things after the game on Sunday, we traveled into Detroit, spent the morning at the Ford Paquette Plant National Historic Site. I don't know if you're even familiar with that. But it is a fantastic tour. So uh, it's it's actually a tour of the very first Ford Motor Company plant before they developed the assembly line. And it's where they built the first Model T, A's, Models A through T, which were all, they all had a display there too. And it's totally worth doing the guided tour if you have a chance, if you're a car or a historical enthusiast. So I, again, highly recommend it. Not related to the game, but I thought it's a really cool gem here in the state of Michigan down the Detroit area. And that's, again, the Ford Paquette plant on Paquette Avenue, downtown Detroit. All right, so... Uh, that was a putely, truly putrid performance by the Spartans tonight. Uh, I kind of felt like it was hard to point to anything in particular that led to tonight's loss. I mean, she gave up 45 oh, points in the first half. Oh, I, I can. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> let me. They were uh, outscored 40 to 28 in the paint. They shot only 14 free throws to Iowa's 23. They seemed completely incapable of figuring out Iowa's zone defense, which I was forced to play thanks to you know what seemed like a really good move tactically by Michigan State and essentially fouling out both centers, Freeman and Dembele, for Iowa. Uh, worse yet, I, you know, my wife and I, we've watched a lot of Iowa games this season, and we both agreed, even at halftime, that Iowa really wasn't playing well. <laughs> it was just a really, uh, you know, the all-around performance uh, felt a lot like a Michigan team that had been steadily building and growing this season, and they just regressed two months <laughs> back to December. So I'll let you just go from there. Guards. Specifically yeah, well, that was... <laughs> Specifically yeah. A.J. Hogarth, specifically the first half. Yeah. Um, on offense, there are other problems too, which I'll get into. But offensively, that's where the buck stops. Period. I've already seen on on our Twitter account when I tweeted out very honest descriptions of what I felt we were seeing at halftime and at the end of the game that it was just a completely um, reprehensible effort on the part of Michigan State, and I use that word advisedly 
and on on cue, the complaints <laughs> about didn't go get a center in the portal. Did you watch the <laughs> damn game? You really think that was the reason Michigan State lost this game? No. No. You don't know what you're looking at if that's what you thought. The reason Michigan State lost this game is its guard play was substandard on offense, period. That's it. Your senior point guard goes out and plays like a gigantic pile of in the first half. And then in the second half, he rallies and does some things, but it's too little too damn late. That's what happened. And I'm not letting the other guys off the hook either. Jaden Akins didn't play particularly well. Tyson was he good. He was bad too. Three, was good Defensively, three, he's bad. Was good for, well, we're going to get to that. Yeah. But he was he was good from three. Nothing else really. I mean, he was yeah. he was two for seven on twos. Didn't attempt a free throw in 37 minutes. That can't happen. Um, I'll give Trey Holloman a pass. I thought Trey Holloman played decently. Uh, so offensively, that's your problem. Period. Yeah. That's your problem. This team, I've said it, I don't know how many damn times this season. This team was ranked where they were, and their ceiling, such as it is, exists based on their guard play. And when those guards do not show up, and they don't play to their the level that they're capable of, this kind of garbage is going to happen. Then we turn to the defense. That first half defensive effort, and I shouldn't even denigrate the word <laughs> effort by using it in conjunction with what they did, was yeah. absolutely disgraceful. There was no energy, there was no connectedness, and there damn sure was no focus. When you get back cut the way they did, when you don't handle a mediocre at best screening game the way that they didn't, giving up wide open looks, giving up penetration. I just, it was, and the second half was better, but only marginally so. Yeah. You know, they Iowa shot 51% from the floor against them. That's awful. They got to the line for 23 free throws. This is not a team that gets to the line very much. That's awful. They just, the the energy, the effort, but most of all, the focus was completely lacking. And, to, yeah. and, and I tend to agree with you. You know, Iowa, if you look at it, they're four for 13 from three. They didn't shoot the lights out in this game. They didn't have no. one of those games where you walk away shaking your head and say, well, they just made shots and there's nothing we can do. No. Michigan State played horrendous defense and gave them easy shot attempts. On a night where, as you point out, Owen Freeman, who has arguably been their best player for the last few weeks, was in foul trouble pretty much the whole way and only scored eight points. You're right. It should have been a boost to Michigan State that he got in early foul trouble the way that he did. It turned out to be anything but because all of a sudden, a team that has carved up zones, the rare occasion somebody's tried to defend them with it this season, just couldn't do it. Now, now, granted, when they when they first went to the zone, I thought, um, and, and this is where this is where I differ with Tom Ezzo philosophically, and I will I will say this as a caveat: 
the man knows a hundred times more about the sport than I ever will. And I might be underestimating him with that, but they had a bad lineup on the floor to try to attack a zone. Yes. Mm -hmm. They've only got really two guys that I think are capable of playing that middle zone role. Malik Hall, who has done it very, very well. And to some extent, AJ Hogard, that's Mm -hmm. it. They, yep. If memory serves, they didn't have either of those guys on the floor when Iowa first went to the zone. And then it went a while, as it inevitably does, and they didn't get a stoppage of play. And so instead, we had several empty trips pile up. If it were me, i take a timeout, and i get the right lineup in, and then either force them to going back playing man, or at least you've got personnel to properly attack the zone. They Mm -hmm. lost a number of possessions during that first stretch that Iowa really went hard with the zone. And uh, look, there was a lot of game left to unfold. I'm not trying to pretend that cost them the game. But I think think at both ends, what I come away with is the overriding feeling out of this game is that Michigan State made it really easy for Iowa to play. Really easy. Iowa was comfortable. Michigan State never got into them defensively the way they needed to and should have. This is, look, Iowa is, this is an eh team. Mm -hmm. They're not not very good. And they don't have guys that should be able to withstand to the kind of defensive, locked-in effort and toughness that Michigan State is capable of playing with. But they didn't tonight at all. And so you have clowns like Sanford running around there and and uh, what's his name? Cricky. Like McCaffrey all, the like first half. All, McCaffrey in the first half. Like yeah. they're damn All-Americans because you don't make it even one iota tough on them to do anything. They're, the freedom of movement and the flow that Iowa was able to play with, especially in that first half offensively, was a damn disgrace. That should never happen. Never mind on your home floor. And that comes... I'll say it again. It comes right back to your veterans, your seniors, your leaders. Don't tell me about the fucking portal. Don't tell me about it. Michigan State, the goal of the portal and the reason people laud it is it enables you to get old. It means that you have veteran players who have been through things before. Michigan State, this gets lost in the discussion about the portal. Michigan State brought back two fifth-year players. They kept yep. their own guys to serve that need, you know, and theoretically that should be even better because they're part of your program and have been for mm-hmm. years. Yeah. So that's not the issue. The issue is not the lack of a portal center. No, wrong. You're a dummy. If that's what you come away with, I'm sorry. Maybe we'll lose a few listeners based on that. But at this point, I don't damn care because it's time for people to talk straight about this. That's not why they lost. They lost because their veterans, specifically their veteran guards, but it also defensively falls to pretty much everybody, played as if they'd never seen a guy back cut on them in their lives. And they'd never (laughs) guarded a mediocre pick and roll. It was terrible. Just terrible. And, and, you know, it, 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 it really does. It, just when you think, that they have figured at least some things out. They they serve up an effort like this, and 
It really does. Uh, what we're down to is this. Look, this is this is my bottom line. Um, they're going to make the NCAA tournament, and they're going to be seated somewhere. We don't know where. This this loss, frankly, probably in my opinion, is going to take them out of the conversation for a six seed. So I think yeah. we're talking about somewhere between seven and ten as a realistic ceiling because I'm not counting on Purdue. That's if they yeah. win the other three games. That's what they're talking about. Big if. Um, well, when you play like this, but yeah. but here's the thing: <laughs> they won't play like this every time. Right, out. right. I'm, I'll I'll bet I'll bet the house on that. They won't. <laughs> they'll play well. They'll play. They'll probably play well more often than they don't the rest of the way. I'm also willing to bet that. The problem is you don't know when this team is going to lay one of these on you. And so yeah. that's where we're at. Where we're at is you get into the tournament and then you you look at the matchups and you hope. You hope that they have captured something and that they're focused and that they ride a hot streak, sort of the way they did last year. That's That's what we're down to because this one in my opinion, takes off the table any notion that, well, they've really figured it out and now they've hit a permanent new gear. They haven't. You, yeah. you, when you do that, you when you've done that, you don't play the way they did today. This is all this is one of the worst home court. This is worse than James Madison. This is just a disgrace. Yeah. They should well, they should be yeah. humiliated by this. They really should be. Every one of them, with a possible exception of Xavier Booker, everybody who saw the, and, and maybe Trey Holloway, everybody else who saw the floor tonight. I mean, even Malik, Malik did some good things, but it took him way too long to impact the game. Can't have it. Mm-hmm. When you're down, when you're down 12 and he's whatever he had taken three shots at that point, can't have that. Cannot have that. Yeah. I mean, it's uh it was, <laughs> it was a painful game. Uh, it was a stink bomb for sure. And, Boy, I, I don't really even know how to. Re- well, I guess it just like you said, you just can't trust this team, and it's too bad because, um, you know, I think the the difference we you looking at from last year to this year, you think well, you're going to have the core coming back. They're probably going to be a little bit better. You didn't. Ex- I mean, I guess I didn't personally expect them to be a lot better. Maybe Aikens, uh, and Malik has certainly been a lot better, but you certainly expected some some contribution from the freshman Jeremy fears is out because he gets shot at home. You know, a uh, Booker was just not quite ready and he's just now started kind of coming to form. Cone car is times of that. You know, the, the, their contribution is not as great as you would have hoped. And I guess yeah. you could argue that they should be in there more. I don't know, whatever, but I, I don't think that's probably the case because they just haven't well, been ready. I'm, I'm going to brand. I'm, I'm going to stop you there. I'll bring it back around. Cause I disagree with that. Um, they had ample reason to believe that there would be players who would be better than this, specifically two guys, A.J. Hogard, Jaden Akins. Both of those guys closed last season playing at a much higher level than they had previously. Mm-hmm. And there was ample reason to believe that coming back with that experience and seemingly having broken through to, I mean, Jaden Akins was arguably their best player over the last, I don't know, three weeks or so of the season. And A.J. Hogard was on the all-region team in the NCAA tournament. Um, You had ample reason to believe that they would be better. 
They have not been. That is why this team is where they are. People want to make this about other things. They want to make it about not hitting the portal. They want to make it about the centers not scoring. No, it's your guards have not been what they were supposed to be and what was reasonable to expect them to be. It's that simple. You don't have to go searching for other answers. It's that. And that's it. Yeah. Well, it certainly, I mean, I'm not saying it was a trap game because they just came off no, that, that game against Michigan. No. But I, well, the one no. thing I'd say about that, though, is that we saw a glimmer of what this game was in the Michigan game. We saw a game, a Michigan State team that did not play great. I agree and with would that. be able to beat Michigan, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that, but I no, I don't buy that. No, not, no excuse for it. You're at home. Maybe yeah, if this no, was in Iowa City, maybe. You could say, yeah, this one was set up with the scheduling and, you know, whatever it is, three games in a mm -hmm. week's time, whatever, that, yeah, this would be tough. Not at home. That's, yeah, I, I can't accept even entertaining that thought yeah. as an no, excuse. I think it, yeah, I, I agree. I just feel like they just came out with, for what inexplicably just played a stink bomb, just like they did against, I mean, it felt like watching the Wisconsin game again, except that you're a team that's not as good as Wisconsin. <laughs> so. Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, it's it's definitely the worst game they've played since then. Yeah, I would I would say that they were better against Minnesota, quite honestly, in that loss yeah. than they than they were in this one. I mean, this one, you know, they were down by considerable margins by flirting with double digits for basically the last 24 minutes of the game. Yeah, and even when they got it down, you thought they just couldn't they they just couldn't get a stop, or they just could they'd miss a layup. You know, they just I mean they just kept missing open shots. Could never yeah. straight eight layups they missed eight. Yeah, yeah. You can't you cannot do those things. You can't do it and think that you're going to win games in the Big Ten, even against mediocre at best opposition. You can't do it. All right, well let's uh, get on to the brothers of Jesse Gutters. If you need gutter work done in Michigan, I know it's outside today, and my downspout was going like crazy because all the snow on the roof is melting, and so I'm very fortunate that I've got good gutters, and it gets all that water away from my house. If you have trouble, you have water going down the side of your house, you have downspouts that are leaky, you need to get those fixed. Call the Brothers Adjust Your Gutters if you're in the state of Michigan. If you're on the west side of the state, Grand Rapids area, call Kurt and his team. If you're on the east side of the state, call Greg and his team in the metro Detroit area. They can take care of things. You can repair things, replace things. Uh, they just clean them out, put leaf guards on, whatever you need done, they will take care of it. Uh, they will do a great job, very quick and efficient. And they'll even go out in this weather, just like in February, and get that done because you don't want this problem to fester any longer than it has to. They sponsor the Michigan State player that need, they need to keep in the gutter. And Michigan State had to keep Tony Perkins in the gutter. And I would say, in this instance, despite all the things we've been saying, they were really good in preventing Tony Perkins from getting going and doing much of anything. He only yeah. had eight points, three of nine field goals. They, he did was a pretty much... I would say all, but maybe a few possessions unable to penetrate yep. uh, and get in the lane and do anything. He and finished with five rebounds, five assists, uh, no turnovers, 37 minutes. Uh, so he was, uh, you know, they, I think they kept him in the gutter, but he's about the only player. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you feel good looking at his line. They hold him basically yeah. half the point production. He gives them, you know, five assists is, is a nice night for him, but nothing crazy. He wasn't, and it was Iowa says he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't like affecting wasn't yeah, dynamically. Plays. Yeah. yeah, right. No, they did a great job. It's just you go beyond that. Oh, Peyton Sanford goes for twenty-two. Cricky goes for eighteen. 
Yeah. Um, McCaffrey for 14. I mean, it's just on and on and on. Um, but yeah, with, with Perkins, they did a good job. I'll give them that. Yeah. He's the one guy they guarded. And to your point too, you know, Iowa, they didn't hit a three in the second half. They're over four. They hardly even had to attempt any. Well, this so, is, uh, this is, I want you to think about this. So Michigan state loses this game. What by seven? Um, yeah, they hit 10, the, three, the three point <laughs> Michigan state 10 for 20 from three. Iowa four from 13 and you lose and you lose really where you never really got over the hump. You came close a few times. You got to within maybe one possession of really making it an interesting game and you just don't get over the hump and you have that kind of disparity from three. It lays bare the problems that existed everywhere else. The problems with eight, missed layups the problems yeah. with what did they okay so they were 17 for 40 from two against a yeah. team that can't stop anyone i that well can't i can't stop anyone yeah. from two i know well i think you know looking at and i remember at halftime looking up the board it was they were shooting 50 percent from three in the first half and 30 and less than 38 percent from the field like so, they must have. So they must be yeah. shooting almost thirty percent from <laughs> from two and layups mostly. AJ Ogard himself, I believe, missed three layups. I mean, they weren't even close. They were not missing like twenty-five foot jumpers. They these were all in the lane. I mean, Carson Cooper, I think, threw an air ball up. I think, it was, well, I, I mean, from two feet yeah, away, yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was only it was only one possession. But this is where this is where I will give. The, the people obsessing about the five position, I'll throw them a bone. Um, and we've alluded to it. They got to, I know this goes against everything Izzo believes in, they got to eliminate the post touches for Cooper and Sissoko. They have to. They're wasted possessions. Yeah. I, I haven't looked up. I, we don't have a synergy account anymore. But I have to believe the field goal percentage on, on post-ups for those two players has to be at best, maybe 20% each. It's awful. They can't do yeah. it. It You cannot, cannot, cannot run that because it's a turnover. It's a wasted possession. I can't remember the last time either one of those guys scored on a post-up. It's been weeks. Well, they I have, think body scored actually two role. games ago, but just he's okay, like one for 20 or something. But yeah, yeah it's not much. It's yeah. a, it's a wasted possession. They, you know, mm-hmm. particularly Cooper, he can contribute in other ways, running the floor, offensive rebounds, dump-offs. Okay, not post-ups. Can't do it. Every time they throw the ball into the post, I start screaming, move it, move it, move it. <laughs> yeah, I and know. And it never I know, moves. The same way. Yeah. And Madi, boy, I mean, he's become unplayable. He played two yeah. minutes, two fouls. Yep. I guess he got a foul on Freeman or maybe one or two of those, but... I well, don't know played, what's going on with the guy, five, but he played five minutes. He played five minutes. Oh, he's just two in the first. Eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. He's just he's been just been really well, bad. I mean, in every way. I, it's been I it's know, been maybe. offset because I think you know Jackson Kohler's numbers don't look great tonight. He only had one rebound. I he looked okay though. Points. Yeah, I yeah. did too. I think he's playing better. And you know, Cooper had three points but seven boards. Um, so yeah. he impacted the game in just twelve minutes. So. They were okay, and obviously Booker played the five when he was out there, and I thought really played well. So they're not mm-hmm. missing Marty, but anyway, that's a side note. I, I probably shouldn't have even talked about it because 
it throws raw meat to the idiots who are focused on the <laughs> wrong things. You want to know what a problem was? You want to know why they lose this game? A.J. Hogarth bricking layup after layup after layup. Start there. Start there, and and I'll begin to think that you have a clue about what went on. Well, and I think the other thing, too, is I don't think Tyson attempted a two until the second half. I mean, or at least he didn't make any because he had just, he had four threes. I think he had 12 points for for four threes deep, not deep, at least like five minutes into the second half, I feel like. And I think as soon as I mentioned my wife, then he gets a layup. But that was like, I mean, he had hardly any. That's usually part of his game. And I think he had ample... I don't know. I mean, I, that was partly because it's the zone and they just weren't moving right. I, you know, I well, don't know. It's just that's, frustrating. No, that's, that's, that's it. When you don't attack a zone properly, you don't give them any reason to get out of it, for starters. Right. And if you're attacking a zone properly, you will get out. People think that playing against a zone is all about shooting threes. Not if you're running your offense properly, it isn't. You should be getting activity around the rim if you're running it properly. Because when the ball gets into the middle of the zone, you're forcing them to make choices. And if you've got the right guy, and MSU does in Malik Hall most of the time, he didn't play great tonight, but that player should be a triple threat player. And one of those three things they should be able to do is take the ball to the rim or dump the ball off to somebody cutting to get to the rim. They just, it was better in the second half than the first, but not by enough. They just did not attack that zone properly. And that did have something to do, I think, it was tougher for Tyson. With A.J., it's not really an issue because he's big enough that he still gets those opportunities. He just missed them. Just missed layups. And so did other guys, too. He wasn't alone, but he's the most egregious. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, A.J., I almost want to say he was the best player in the second half, but he was just not very good. He was too little, too late. I mean, he ends yeah, up he with was, yeah. 15 points, four assists, three rebounds. You might think that was a good effort. All 15 came in the second half. Yeah. Um, no, he was not, not in my eyes. It wasn't, it was too little, too late. Yep. Yep. All right. So then the squeegee squad of Grand Rapids, there you go to company to take care of your windows, whether it's a commercial real estate, residential or high rise they can clean other windows they can power wash your the siding of the house uh, they'll do whatever it takes to keep your house nice and clean they can go inside and get take care of the windowsills the screens uh, they will clear just the outside whatever you need done they'll come and do it and they'll come do it quickly and they'll be meticulous they are professional and super friendly uh, they're great pricing you get 15 percent off you mentioned rebound when you get the uh, estimate you can find those estimates for that company and all the other companies that sponsor the show at our support page at the final fours on the schedule.com slash support and the they sponsor the michigan player that cleans the glass the best and you were up five to four and a half going to the game you picked malik hall and he ended up with 10 rebounds we so gave him a double double uh, i had cooper who had seven and so you go up now by one and a half again um, and a rebound performance that was, you know, I don't know, middling. I guess it wasn't like a disaster, but um, it was okay. I don't know. It was okay. Yeah, it was. It, it wasn't it thing did, that wasn't, affected the game one way or the other. Right. It wasn't decisive in the game. Yeah. All right. So then finally, let's go on to the keys of the game brought to you by Nudge Printing. Nudge Printing is a great place to get your Spartan apparel and also other collegiate apparel, whether you're a Hoosiers fan or Central Michigan, Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan. Northern Michigan, Michigan Tech, whatever. Uh, they got all kinds of gear for you. You can get that. Uh, super comfortable. I wore some today. Um, uh, it's screen printed material, so it's, it's, it handles wash really well. 
Uh, you can't go wrong with Gabe and his, his wife, Brittany. They do have a great company, all Michigan-made, out of Portland, Michigan. Uh, you can get that at nudgeprinting.com. 20% off if you type in Final Four in the coupon code at checkout. Uh, the first key to the game was winning the transition game. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, I think the transition game wasn't like a loss, but it was. they certainly didn't win. I think it was pretty much a push. It was nine 12, fast, 12, fast break 12 points. Nine. 12 to nine for yeah. in favor of Michigan State. Um, and that felt about right. I, you know, Michigan State didn't really get a whole lot going in transition, and neither did the Hawks. So I don't know. There weren't a whole lot of well, turnovers, which didn't cause any you know easy buckets. That was part of it. That was part of it, and I think I think both teams did a reasonably good job in floor in terms of floor balance. Um, but that's still disappointing from a Michigan State perspective. I just for sure. I I did. They didn't have. They didn't have a lot of hand grenade moments. They had that one at the end of the first half. Um, yeah. But, you know, beyond that, they didn't have a lot of hand grenade moments. But I just didn't think, I didn't think they played with the kind of pace. You know, look, Iowa's a team, you, you come into a game thinking you should be able to take advantage of them. And that really didn't happen. Part of it was definitely not just lack of turnovers, but lack of live ball turnovers. Iowa had three mm-hmm. steals. Michigan State had one. Yeah. So that's not a formula. And look, we figured that's that what we was expected going to, to be that, yeah. an issue. We figured yeah. that might you might not have the kind of opportunities you have in most other games, um, but you could still hope for more, and it didn't happen. Yeah. It's I, coming into this game, I expected this to be a ninety-four foot game, a lot of flow to it. Even if teams didn't have a lot of turnovers with steals, so I thought there'd be a lot of faster pace and. I mean, I guess you could argue that that was the way it was for Iowa, although even Iowa scoring 45 the first half, and this is what I mean when I didn't think they played great, is they never they never looked like they were in sync, but they would end up scoring. You know what I mean? They just would, I they just they just sort of get some action, but they, it never seemed like a, it never seemed like the usual Iowa flow when they're flowing and playing well when well, I watched here, them play. Here's the thing. they what What they got offensively came very, very, very easily. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of individual brilliance. You know, there were not a lot of plays where like, wow, that guy really made a play for himself or boy, that was just incredible passing the way they, they moved the ball to generate that open shot. You didn't really see that. What you saw were guys back cutting and getting layups or dunks or Michigan State being late in recovery on pick and roll and Iowa getting an advantage and generating an open shot and hitting it. It wasn't, they they didn't play great. They played easy. They had an easy game because Michigan State, you know, you say they didn't play with flow. All right. I, my eyes, not being someone who watches Iowa as much as you do, but I felt Michigan State made it far too easy on them. There was never a point in that game where I thought, Michigan State was applying the kind of defensive pressure and physicality that you need to. You need to, against a team like that, you need to be disruptive. And I don't mean pressing. I don't yeah, mean yeah. gambling. I just mean, you need to, damn, Peyton Sanford looks like a member of the Children of the Corn. That guy does not have a right, in my view, to get the kind of easy looks and to play as freely as he did in that game. You know, the the Morris Petersons, the Mateen Cleaveses, the, the Travis Waltons, the Draymond Greens, those people would have knocked him on his 
pass at some point. You take a foul sometimes. Let them know you're there. And we did none of that. Zero. That's the thing. The fouls that Michigan State committed exacted zero price on Iowa tonight. None. They were weak. And then that's yeah. what you get. You let yeah. a team like that, a finesse team, go out and play easily without stress, without having to pay a physical price for anything they're doing. This is what happens. Yep. I think that sums it up. Uh, so second key to the game was controlling the glass. Uh, again, we just mentioned it was pretty even and rebounding. Uh, Iowa with a 26% offensive rebounding rate. We should say with a 30% offensive rebounding rate. Uh, second chance points. I think we should say it had a slight edge there, but for the most part, it was kind of a push. Um, well, this twelve to five in second chance points. That's you know, okay. A I was seven point else. game. Yeah, sorry, yeah. You have a seven mm-hmm. point edge. I thought Michigan State was, you know, thirty percent is right at the borderline of a good performance. Now, I can look at it and say I was a truly terrible defensive rebounding team. So yeah, you damn well better be in the thirties, and they were mm-hmm. barely. But, you know, they, this was not – rebounding was not the reason they lost this game. You know, this is another game against a mediocre to bad rebounding team that they kind of at least handled well enough. You'd like to see more dominance, but let's just be honest. It's not as if we could say Michigan State is a great rebounding team either. So, no, right. to me, in most games, I'm looking at this area as one where you want to get a push. And they, they yeah. did a little better than that. Well, and then the other thing is, too, because, you know, the same thing along the same lines, which, you know, is a key to the game is turnovers. And you you want it for extra possessions. And there yeah. is pretty much even there as well. It was eight to six, I think. Right. Right. Turnovers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So not Michigan State there. Michigan State had seven points off. Now, this is see, this is where Iowa evened it up. Michigan State only had seven points off those six Iowa turnovers. Iowa had 14 points off Michigan State's eight. So Michigan State has a seven-point advantage on the in second-chance points. Iowa turns around has a seven-point right. advantage of points off turnovers, basically even. So that brings us back to, you know, normally, in a normal game, that is what you want to see as a minimum for Michigan State is, okay, if the so-called special teams play is even, then it's down to who's making more shots. And normally that's to Michigan State's advantage. And in a game like this, you would think it's to their advantage because you'd say, well, Iowa might be a, well, they're not even a better shooting team, but even in years where they might be a slightly better shooting team, yeah, but um, Michigan State is so much better defensively that you would expect they would take more away from Iowa's offense than vice versa. Right. Yep. And so you you would think in a game where this is how it plays out, and, and then add on that, Michigan State goes 10 for 20 from three. How are you not winning that game? Well, you're not winning that game because you can't hit a layup because your point guard plays with his head up his ass for 20 minutes, and you play horrendous on the defensive end. That's it. That's how you lose. Yeah, well, and the, you know, that brings us to the third key of the game, which is the deep ball. Michigan State, of course, couldn't hit a three against Michigan. Comes out, shoots 50% and with, in high volume. I mean, 10 of 20 for them, that's a lot. And it doesn't it doesn't matter. <laughs> and, and the disappointing thing, though, is I, I will say this. Great that they shot well, but taking 23s, it's not like way, way excessive, 
but the first half was. You know, they shot 23s for the game, but 14 of those came in the first half. Now, they hit seven. And God help them, if they hadn't hit those shots, well, they would have been down 20 at the half. But <laughs> yeah. I think what it what it evidenced, and we'll get to this in another one of the keys, and we've touched on it already in terms of how they didn't attack the zone well, they did not do what they needed to do, in my view, in scoring inside the arc. Iowa yeah. is a terrible, I can't emphasize this enough, they are a terrible defensive team against twos. People finish on them at the rim and in the lane with regularity. There is no excuse for what we saw from Michigan State in that phase of the game tonight. So in a sense, that number of attempts tells you there was a problem. Well, so fourthly, the game is paint offense, and as I mentioned before, it's forty to twenty-four edge. Yeah. Uh, but what's interesting there are twenty forty to twenty-eight edge. Iowa gets uh, is twenty-eight of fifty-five for the game. Michigan State is twenty-seven of sixty. Michigan State hit a lot more threes than Iowa did, but the difference, of course, is that Iowa not only at the forty points of paint, but the fact that they have twenty-three. Uh, free throw attempts. It just shows the the type of game they were playing to Michigan State's fourteen. Right, they were attacking. They were inside. They're getting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many and ones they had, but they had a lot. And then you know, yep. the three free throws yep. off paid Sanford. I mean, they were. Uh, that was the difference right there. And I will. And scoring I will, wise, I will say this. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not saying this decided the game by any means, but that was a poorly officiated game. Um, there, you mentioned the end ones, and I don't question those at the Iowa end. I think those were pretty much all legitimate calls. But what I question is similar plays at the other end were not given to Michigan State, either with and ones or just shots where they missed. I'm not excusing the missed layups by any means, but we we've talked about this. This has been a theme this year and I'm, I'm not quite sure why but it happens you know aj hogard um what did he attempt he had two free throw attempts in this game well yeah i can think of at least a couple of occasions where he got fouled in the act and it wasn't called um i'll tell you one other moment that really really got me angry watching it um there was a segment i think it was in the second half and I'm going to apologize. You know, we've we're so used to for years and years and years. You had basically the same guys that you used to seeing over and over and over. And it feels like this year in particular, we've got some guys regularly appearing that um, aren't or haven't been regulars. The Mister Atlas, I haven't him. seen him all year. Yeah, this this guy, the guy I'm talking about, was. Um, uh, he looked maybe like a Sopranos cast member. <laughs> um, this this clown, Izzo was upset about some call, and I believe it was a, exactly what I'm talking about, that there was contact that was allowed on the Iowa side that was not allowed at the other end. Izzo was letting him have it going into a timeout. This asshole goes into the huddle, and Mark Montgomery has to step between them. If you see an official going into, I don't care what Izzo said, you see an official going into a huddle, he ought to never do a game in that league again, in my opinion. Never. 
That is so far, that was so egregious, so far beyond the bounds of what any official should ever be doing. And again, I don't, you know what? If Izzo's F-bombing you and you don't like it, tee him up. But you don't go into his damn huddle. That was awful. And again, I'm not saying that was the what decided the game, any of that stuff. But as angry as I am, I gotta I gotta fire at least some of it at somebody who's not wearing a Michigan State uniform. And that asshole had it coming. And then the final fourth and or sorry, fifth and final key to the game, interior defense. Well, I think we've talked about this plenty. Not good. Just uh, you know. I really thought what we were going to be seeing was, okay, how well do they handle uh, Freeman in Freeman. the post, let's say, right? Yeah. And Cricky, but we did see Cricky. Yeah, but, but, but what we saw was not as much that. They did a little damage in the post, but it was nothing egregious. It was that they just, they just got lost. And it was everybody. It wasn't just one guy. They just got lost over and over and over. How many of Sanford's points came on back cuts? It's a joke. Yeah. That guy's not, that just can't happen. And I don't look. I'm I'm going to say this. I have no way of knowing because I wasn't in, I wasn't at practice. But I find it hard to believe that Tom Mizzo didn't do what he would normally do to have them prepared for that. So I'm going to default to assuming, given that he's in the Hall of Fame. He's got a pretty good track record with this stuff. I'm going to default to the idea that it was lack of execution. But boy, did they lack execution. Just total loss of focus to let that happen over and over and over. I thought I, I thought Pete Carrill was on the sidelines. I was watching Princeton in 1995. <laughs> it was just terrible. I'll take you back. Yeah. You can't do that. And it's, and it's extra frustrating when you see it because it's one thing if a team comes out and it's their skill set or their athleticism, it's something like that where, you know, you just say, you tip your hat, you say, okay, you know what? They're better than us on that day. But when you lose because of mental mistakes, because of a lack of focus, you're not locked in well enough. And that's what it was tonight. Make no mistake about it. That's why they lost. Um, that's incredibly frustrating. That's, that's why I'm angry after this one in a way that I wasn't, say, after the Arizona game or the Duke game, where at least you could say, okay, these guys are good. And sometimes, you know, the other guy just plays better than you do. But tonight it was, you didn't think the game well enough. You weren't locked in. You didn't play, you didn't play hard enough. You didn't play with enough effort, with enough energy. You didn't make them to quote the great Penay Sewell, you did not make them feel you at all. <laughs> and you lose at home. Yeah. To a mediocrity, you lose. Great. Great stuff. Yep. Feels like December. Well, hopefully they turn around. We have uh, Ohio State comes in next on Sunday. Uh, they're kind of turn the season around a teensy bit by beating well, Purdue it's at one, home. It's one and game. Chris Holtman, I mean, you always it's worry about teams game. kind of circling the wagons, right? And suddenly coming with a little bit more energy because they've got a new, the coaching change, right? You can see sort of yeah, things going either way. It's one game. I will say this. Ohio State has better pure basketball players than Iowa. I was going to say they've got good they've got pieces. They do. They do. Yeah. They have more quote-unquote talent than Iowa has. Um, it's been a bad basketball team, has not played well. 
uh, all year long. They did manage to win at home against Purdue. But look, <laughs> you don't go out and win that game I, I, at home on Sunday. I, I don't even want to think about what that podcast is going to be like. If that happens, there's no <laughs> excuse for it. Zero. I don't care about any any interim coach bump garbage. I don't care about any of that. You have to win that game. They are not good enough to beat you at home if you give a sh- All right. Well, there is the four. That's the uh, that's a magic 20 mark there for the for the show. So now I'm going to have a lot of editing. So. <laughs> I apologize. I I can't help it. It's people are gonna wonder why is it so just kind of like it's so choppy. This yeah, I got to keep Spotify happy. All right, so uh, we actually gonna go to reception before the game. Steve Smith's gonna address us, and so I got to get watch a couple YouTube videos of Steve Smith for my son, so we can get a feel for what he was like back when he played. So uh, we'll. We'll be back before then, obviously, with a pregame for the Ohio State game. Hopefully, Michigan State gets things rolling the other way and as they get ready to head into West Lafayette for what does not look like a pretty game, but, you know, weird things have happened, I suppose, this season. So we'll hope for the best. Uh, and I guess uh, make sure you check our support page at tffinots.com support. There you can find ways to get estimates or contact our sponsors, either the Brothers at Just Your Gutters or the Squeegee Squad of Grand Rapids. Also, a link for Nudge Printing at nudgeprinting.com. So until next time, the Final Four is on the schedule. Go green.